What are the best ways to sell a business? A lot of times business owners have spent their whole life building a business, but they haven't thought a lot about selling a business and what their options are for selling a business. So their first response is usually to look at, could I sell it to one of my employees or could I pass it down to a family member like a daughter or son? If that's not an option, because for example, maybe the employee doesn't have the money to buy out the business owner, it's usually a problem. Maybe the son or daughter doesn't have the skill set to run the business. That's often a problem. The business owner then looks to find outside sellers. And usually what they do is they look for a business broker. A business broker, for example, might be Sunbelt or Calhoun Companies or one of these other business brokers. There are nationwide companies that sell businesses and there are local companies that sell businesses. Sometimes companies or brokers will focus on a particular niche like dental practices. They will work with dentists who own practices to find another dentist to buy that practice. And the nature of the dental practice is unique enough that there's value in having a broker who understands that sort of business. Of course, the buyer has to be a dentist so that brokers can help find buyers. So that's one option. But often, business owners don't know what are the other options. Well, one of the best options is to find a strategic buyer. A strategic buyer is somebody who will benefit not just from the profits of the business if it continues to be run as it is, but also from some sort of synergy with that buyer's existing business model. For example, let's say you have a technology company that creates a really nice feature which it has patented as part of an e-commerce store. If Amazon were to buy that company, they wouldn't necessarily just be concerned about how much money can that company keep making using its existing business model. Amazon might want to use that technology for its entire e-commerce platform. There's an example of where the synergy, because of Amazon's business model, produces far more value to Amazon than just the profits of the company they acquired. So often when you are selling your business to a third party, you're going to be paid on a multiple of EBITDA. In other words, you are going to be paid number of years, so say three years times, that's the multiple, three, times EBITDA. EBITDA is essentially a way of formulating the profits of the company. And so sometimes when selling a company, you will look at three years of profits as the sale price. But if it's a riskier company that may not last a long time, maybe you would do one year of profits as the purchase price for the company. Or if it's a company that's going to be around for many, many years, like a utility company, you might say 15 years of profits is what a buyer would pay for that company. What I usually see is somewhere between two and seven years of profits for most companies. For example, a manufacturing company might be five years or seven years, especially if they, if they have some intellectual property like patents. So if you sell to a strategic buyer, you are going to get much more than the usual calculation of profits 
times a certain number of years because the strategic buyer can benefit much more from that acquisition. So a strategic buyer is one of the best options. Another creative option that isn't considered much is setting up an ESOP. An ESOP is an employee stock option plan. It allows you to sell some or all of your company to your employees. Most people don't understand how this works, and so I'll summarize it really quickly. The company, which we assume has some financial stability and some forecasts that are profitable, can take those financial reports to a bank and say, hey bank, we would like to borrow against this so that the employees can buy some of the stock of the company. Let's say the employees buy 49% of the company so that you as an owner might remain 51% owner. That's one way to do it. Another way is you give the employees majority ownership, but perhaps you reserve a seat on the board or a controlling role on the board so that you all are still able to control the company even though you give up most of the profits. So hypothetically, let's say you give up 60% of the shares of the company to the employees. This would go into typically a trust and you would have a committee or trustees who manage that. And in exchange for the employees buying these shares from you, let's say you get a million dollars. But they don't. the employees don't have that million. So where does that million come from? It comes from the bank. So the bank loans the money to the trust and the company, which guarantee repayment. And the shares are often collateral for that debt. And that allows the owner to take some money off the table, if you will. So that is one way owners can get money out of their business by selling a portion of it. Now, there are a lot of pitfalls with an ESOP. Also, it requires significant professional expenses. In my experience, you'll pay between dollars and $150,000 to set up an ESOP, and then you'll often pay close to $50,000 a year to maintain it. So it's not for every company, but for larger companies where the idea is to pass along ownership to the employees, that can be valuable. Another option is to sell the business to an employee in the company who might acquire the shares over time. And it might be seller financed, meaning you as an owner are helping loan the money to the employee to buy it back from you. The interesting aspect of this is that by seller financing, you can get stronger employee buy-in, at least is how the theory goes by having the employees be the owners. But there are some common problems with seller financing. First, who has ultimate control over the company? If the seller, the longtime owner, maintains control, the buyer, the employee, may feel like, you know what, it doesn't feel like I really own this business if I can't control it. And uh, I'm committing years of my life to this, and it's frustrating that I don't control it. I don't have any say. So usually the buyers want to control the business. But then what happens if the buyers make changes that the longtime owner is not comfortable with? 
Normally that owner feels like you're destroying my company and I'm not going to get paid if you destroy my company by making these dumb decisions. Typical decisions that are controversial from my experience are the employee wanting to implement new software that the employee feels will make the whole system better, more efficient, produce better results, better information. The seller usually is not as tech savvy because they're older and they say it's working well as it is. Why create all the complexity and distraction of new software when we can just keep running it as it is? Also, the seller, the owner might say, this software will cause me to lose touch with what's actually happening in the company. And I like running things the way it is. I don't want to learn a bunch of new software to figure out how things go. So that's just a glimpse of some of the problems with seller financing from an owner, either to an employee in the company or to an outside buyer. So when looking at selling your company, there are a couple other options. You could look at selling to a venture capital firm who will buy the company from you. Uh, and then there's some hybrids of the scenarios we've talked about today. What's the takeaway here? Really a takeaway is to figure out what is the best option for you when selling your company and how can you get the most money from the company while also keep in mind you want some assurances of actually getting paid because a promise of a lot of money that you never actually get paid is worse than a more reliable payment that you can bank on or that you can put in your pocket. If you had any questions that didn't get answered, or if you are watching a recording of this, feel free to put your questions in the comments section below. I'd be happy to answer them. If you like videos like this where you can learn about business law and avoid some of the common problems that business owners face as they're growing a company, feel free to subscribe on YouTube or any of the other social media platforms that you use. And if you would like exclusive online educational content for founders and business owners, you can get that at aaronhall.com free. It includes a checklist of common problems faced by new businesses. It includes videos going in-depth into some of those problems so that you are empowered to set up your company for success. Thanks for joining us today. I look forward to seeing you at the next live session.